eyes peeled, everyone. It's time for the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Welcome back to the Full 10 Yards College podcast for our second part of our preseason quarterback run-through. Uh, if you missed the first part on Thursday, then go back, have a listen. Uh, you missed a good show if you missed that one. We discussed some big names, some potential diamonds in the rough, and uh, some people I didn't like that too much, <laughs> but that's that's just life, <laughs> I guess. And it is August, so you know, it's pre-season, and you know, everyone's got the season to improve, as we mentioned last, last time. So there's plenty of time for optimism. Uh, as again, uh, again, sorry, I'm joined by Tom Borrett. Um, so yeah, how are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, good, 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 good. Looking forward to sort of getting straight into these quarterbacks, to be honest with you, and and, and talking about some more, some more really good ones actually we've got on this this one, uh, and then some more diamonds in the rough as well. Yeah, certainly. Save some of the best till last. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, yeah, we <laughs> mentioned a couple of them last time, so yeah, let's get straight into them. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll kick off with potentially the best of best of the bunch. Um, I know that you're a big fan of Trevor Lawrence, so do you want to just dive into this one? Yeah, I mean, sure. Thank you. Uh, the the face the face of college football, if we're being if we're being honest now. Mm. Um, I really mean, good way just, to put it. Just, really good way to put it. Yeah, I mean, just what what he did last year is uh, sensational. I'm sure anyone that's a college football fan um, will, I mean, completely understand. I mean, what what he did last year was truly phenomenal uh, for a true mm. freshman to lead Clemson, uh, Clemson Tigers to a national championship game. Um, obviously, didn't start out the season as the starting QB, but obviously was was putting the work in um, in training. And, and when he got a couple of chances, uh, and yeah, by by God, did he take his chances? Um, he. I don't think a true freshman's really kind of put forth the kind of grades like we saw from Lawrence last year. Um, mm. He took remarkable care of the football. Uh, with just um, yeah. t- like five turnover-worthy plays uh, to his credit, which I think was the fewest um, among quarterbacks with at least 250 dropbacks. Um, he was a master with the ball, um, unleashing 27 big-time throws as a true freshman, um, and, and, and that's a record, and the fifth most among active quarterbacks. I just, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the list goes on really with, um, with 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 the records that he's kind of smashed and broken. I mean, I think he's obviously going to be favourite for the Heisman this year. Um, looking at Clemson's schedule, I think there may be a couple of matches that uh, they, that that could upset his chances. Um, personally, obviously, I've I've spoken about Texas A and M. I'm probably going on about that mm-hmm. a little bit too much. Um, <laughs> but one that particularly sticks out for me as well is um, is South Carolina. Um, and I mean, Will Muschamp in the SEC now. He's got a, a squad that he's had for for a while. Um, and and he, I remember at SEC media day a couple of weeks ago. He was asked about uh, being Clemson's little brother, and um, yeah, I think the answer <laughs> was something along the lines of "We are not their little brother." So uh, going to South yeah, Carolina like against a very different <laughs> like team. Um, yeah, I think I think that could be a potential hiccup. But yeah, I mean, there's no disputing that Trevor Lawrence is just uh, well was kind of in a world of his own last year. Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah, just looking at their schedule actually just before we get on to Lawrence and another sort of tricky game is Syracuse. Syracuse, they really, yeah, yeah. They obviously really surprised everyone last year. Really, how competitive they were, and they've they've got you know they've got pretty much the same team. They didn't lose a lot of talent last year, so I think uh, yeah they're going to be another sticky game. And like you say, that South Carolina game with the the final game of the of the schedule is going to be a really tasty one. Um, and you know if they're if they're um, you know, still unscathed by then. I'm sure South Carolina would uh, love to sort of upset the apple cart and uh, knock them down the Absolutely. rankings a little bit at a vital time. 
Uh, but yeah, like you say, Trevor Lawrence is sort of he's, he's everything that you want, isn't he? You know, six foot six, two fifteen, could probably put a, a bit of weight on, but obviously he's still very very young uh, in his sophomore season. And like you said, I think you you summed it up pretty well that you know, is there ever been like a a freshman season as good as that and as as composed and as as sound in the decision making process of with the football and where he goes and. As ever really, I mean, I certainly can't remember one, and I've, I've, I mean, yeah, I've yeah, been I mean, if... college football for that long, but you know, it's it's certainly right up there. Four interceptions is just, it's just crazy. Um, and and touching on that point as well that you were saying about he could perhaps uh, put a bit of weight on. I mean, he's mobile. I mean, that's one thing that I was surprised that he, I don't think we really saw early on. But when he when he actually got moving with the ball in his hand as well, he can get down the field. He's uh He's, I mean, he's, I mean, longest rush is thirty-two yards, but still, like, he's, he's, he's not, he's, he's definitely not just mm. the thrower, passer. Sorry. No, definitely not. Definitely not. He, you know, he, he's got long strides. Obviously, being six six, yeah. so, you know, and he just looks dazzling with that long head coming out <laughs> the back of his helmet, doesn't he? As he's striding down the field. You know, it's the most scary thing as well that he's got to be in school for another two more years, yeah. <laughs> unless something goes majorly wrong. You know, he's going to have two more years. He's got two more years to develop. And the the starting point is already so high, and you know it's where is he going to be? And people are going to be calling for the NCAA to sort of change the rules <laughs> for this guy. Go. And we saw it before. We've seen it with you know we've saw it before with Leonard Fournette in recent times and other players uh, before that. You know for you know, to allow these guys to come out even earlier because they're ready. And you would kind of say that you know Trevor Lawrence is kind of ready now almost. And you know we're going to see people tanking for him. I'm sure in the NFL. And we sort of went through that with Rob last week. That you know he he's kind of. Like you say, he's ready now, and he, he, we're going to be thinking two years down the line. And you've got people sort of basing their draft strategy for 2021 around <laughs> the fact that he's going to be there right at the top. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's kind of crazy because, you know, I think Rob said, obviously, Rob's a Colts fan, and he said, you know, that he's going to be the best quarterback to come out since Andrew Luck. And I, I don't think I can disagree with that comment so far. And, you know, like I say, unless something goes majorly wrong with his development or his health, he's going to be in a lot of big games for Clemson, as we know. Yeah. And it's only going to be adding to his resume as as time comes closer towards twenty twenty one draft. Yeah, definitely. As again, just just those three games as we mentioned. Really looking forward to seeing him uh, against Texas A and M, Syracuse, and South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I think uh, they'll they'll be yeah. spe- mm-hmm. special matches. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, and all all at different sort of periods in the season. Periods well. of the so season, one exactly. One really yeah, early yeah. On. one really early. We've got one in the middle, and then we've got one the final the final, final um, yeah. sort of game of the regular season. So yeah, we've we've got. So we're going to be able to see if we just take those three games as as three sort of reference points. We're going to be able to see his development over the season in those games as well. So he's definitely going to be one Very one true. to watch, obviously throughout the throughout the season. Okay, uh, let's move on to two of the guys who we mentioned last week. Uh, we obviously mentioned not last week, last Thursday. We mentioned Jake Fromm, um, and obviously we mentioned that he sort of saw off to uh, to five star recruits in Justin Fields and Jacob Eason out of Athens, and now we can sort of get them. All, all at the same time, all playing, because obviously in the past we've had two backups and then Jake Fromm playing, and now we can sort of compare and contrast all three. Obviously you mentioned Justin Fields and you tried to sort of get him in there right at the last second of the last episode, <laughs> so uh, I'm just going to open up the floor. What, what did you want to say about Justin Fields? Yeah, I mean, I, it's just, I'm, I'm just going to say it to be honest, I'm really not expecting too much. Um, I, I definitely don't like rooting Ooh. against guys, and I do hope he does well. Um, but I, I think people are talking about him in contention for the Heisman and stuff. But I just, he just, he couldn't get it done at Georgia. Um, I know it's only spring practice, but if you want to compare the footage from his his spring practice um, at Ohio State compared to Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma, they were worlds apart. I mean, he he couldn't throw the football. I did. 
I mean, I, I just think it's it's kind of what I saw at Georgia, and it's kind of what it looked like in that in that game as well. Um, and I, and I hope I'm wrong, but it kind of just seems like if the first receiver isn't open, he just panics and he just takes off on foot. And I just I just think it's going to take him a while to develop. I mean, again, he is only a sophomore. I think maybe next year. Um, could could be the season, but if I'm being completely honest, I'm I'm not really expecting too much at all. Yeah, the sample size is quite small, isn't it? That from what we saw at Georgia, you know, he's not he's played in a lot of games, but only for very very bit parts. And like you say, it's kind of tough. You know, he's changing yeah. system. It's it's going to be a completely different system in a completely different conference. Um, you know, it's going to be different to what Dwayne Haskins is is sort of done at Ohio State. And um, that's going to kind of mean that the whole team is kind of adjusting around him as well. And for an inexperienced guy to come in and kind of be the leader of that, it's going to be really difficult. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm a bit more sort of optimistic, I, I would say, than than you are. I kind of expected a bit okay. more of a, a sort of positive. <laughs> but I think he's got some he's got some good aspects to him. I think he, he's a bit more mobile than Dwayne Haskins. So that's going to add another little wrinkle to the Ohio State offense that we've not seen in quite a while. Because let's be honest, you know, even if you are a little bit down on him, I think we can, we can agree on this that Justin Fields is the best quarterback that Ohio State have had for quite a while before Dwayne Boots, Haskins. He's, he, he can definitely rush, but I mean, he's he's still a quarterback, mm. not a running back, isn't he? I mean, like, and I just I'm just not sure if he's uh, if he's if he's been able to throw uh, been pro- uh, prove his um, aerial game yet. But again, he wasn't given as many opportunities at Georgia. I can appreciate that. Again, mm. I'd, I'd, I do want him to succeed, but he just. I don't know if it's me. I, I, just there's something about his kind of nature as well. I don't see that kind of that leader, that that wow factor. There's nothing that kind of. I mean, I, I listen to Jake Fromm talk and and other quarterbacks in the league, and I'm ready to run for a brick wall. But Justin Fields just sort of seems a bit down, and do, do you know what I mean? Like it's just. <laughs> I'm hope, I hope I'm proved wrong. I hope I'm proved wrong. But yeah, I, I don't think it's going to do. I don't think he's going to do as well as everyone uh, may think this year. Is it your is it your from bias coming through that no one can mess with your boy? So <laughs> maybe, maybe it could be. Although no, I mean I mean he saw him off, so there was no issue with that. But no, yeah, That's true. I get yeah. I just um, yeah, and then there was obviously uh, Jacob Eason as well, who you know we've seen sort of like I say just told to leave Georgia, I guess. Um, and yeah, he's now in Washington in his home state. I feel obviously I'm going to sort of take the lead in this one since it's a Pac-12 quarterback and someone I'm quite excited about actually. Um, he's a he's a Washington boy, so he's back back home, and that, I don't think that can be underestimated. You know, he's going to have his friends around him, his family around him, and you know he's he never got a chance at Georgia properly. You know, and then transferred sat out a year. You know, and he's been there. I guess he's been in the building and just unable to play, so he's been kind of maybe learning the system and whatnot. Um, and I'll make a joke, you know, he's tall, he's white, he's strong arms, so essentially he's nailed on for round one. So, um, <laughs> but I mean, he he kind of in in. in I mean, I, I am joking, obviously, but um, he no, I'm not no, big no. on player comps, but he kind of does remind me of Matt Stafford, and that's obviously another Georgia quarterback and where it's where he's come from. I think he he's tall, obviously, and like I say, a big guy. And I think he can shrug off some oncoming rushes. I don't think he's mobile by any means, but I think he's strong. And I think he really fits in that vertical offense because he can really zing some passes. And I'd like to see that in Washington. Um, they've not had a you know a great quarterback for a while. So Jake Browning was the last incumbent Browning, there, yeah. who was bad. Um, and now they've got Jacob Eason. And, you know, the talent's there, although the... the 
the tape is old and it's difficult to sort of get a, get a real read on it, but we know that the talent's there because obviously he's a five-star, he went to Georgia, although he didn't beat Jake from as we keep mentioning, but, you know, like I say, it could be, it could be a nice situation with, with him in his home state and he's not too far away from his actual hometown as well. So, yeah, I think it's quite positive. I'm, I'm high on Washington. I know I mentioned I'm quite high on Oregon. I think they were the top two teams in the, the Pac-12. So, yeah, I'm going to be rooting for Jacob Eason and uh, sort of seeing what we've got, to be honest, because it's kind of exciting because, you know, like I say, it's kind of a little bit of unknown. I think, like I said, the time Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, has, has, what is the setup with the starting job at Washington? Yeah, it's not been announced yet, has it? Or am I, am I late? Because last I had... Because isn't there like... I could be wrong, but I think there's like four guys because even some of the new guys that are coming as well are all co- called either Jacob or Jake, which is uh, quite funny. I remember some of, the, some of the guys were saying it was um, quite easy at practice because they only had to remember one name despite there being a few QBs all fighting for the starting job. <laughs> yeah, I think... Yeah, there's, there's a backup, Jake Heena, I think is, is how you pronounce the name. He's a sophomore. Um, obviously, Jacob Eason's the, the sort of the more sort of well-known name. I think Chris pa- Chris Peterson's come out and he said that he's not been he's not been all in on Jacob Eason, I'll, I'll be honest with you, and he's kind of giving a bit of a hard time when he's been talking in the press. So I don't think it's all plain sailing for Jacob Eason. I think he is having some some sort of teething problems in there. And I think it is, you know, as Chris Patterson, or Chris Peterson, sorry, as I keep saying Patterson, um, he, isn't, he isn't committing to anyone. But I do, think, I do think Eason will win it. I think he's the more talented guy. I think... You know, and if he doesn't win it straight away, he'll be in, as we as we kind of see with the the rookies that are drafted highly in the NFL, like Baker Mayfield last year, for example. You know, by the second third game, he'll be in, and uh, and away they go. Maybe sometimes these college coaches get this talented guy and they kind of give him a little bit of a kick up the ass to sort of say, you know, it's not not all easy and you've got to earn it kind of thing. So maybe it's a bit of that. Maybe it's a bit of mind games. Maybe it's just not being announced. Obviously, on Thursday we talked about the Miami situation and how we were kind of surprised that Manny Diaz announced it so early before their game and maybe Chris Peterson's just keeping sort of his cards yeah, close to his chest at this point. Chest, even, yeah. if he's, even if uh, Eason isn't going to win the win the job, maybe he's just, you know, not making it easy for the opponents that are coming up. Obviously, they're, they're playing Eastern Washington's first up, so they shouldn't really have a problem with that, no matter who plays. But, you know, they've still got to prepare and... And then they're into their into their sort of harder schedule with California and Hawaii. Yeah, fair. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, no, it should. I'm, I'm quite looking forward to seeing that. Obviously, I'm, I'm going to be covering the Pac-12 as well, so uh, I'll be sort of watching very, very closely. Okay, let's take it down to a small school level now, actually. Let's, this is someone I'm really, really excited about the next I'm going to talk about. Um, it's someone who I watched over the weekend, yeah, and I think same. I kind of put it in the group chat that like we all need to watch this guy because he's fantastic. I'm talking about Mason Fine out of North Texas. He's quite a small quarterback. He's only 5'11", 190. Um, but I think one thing that I said in our group chat is after Kyler Murray going number one overall, I'm not really bothered about that anymore. And I was I was a bit of a detractor of Kyler Murray and anyone who's kind of listened to me on the Full 10 Yards regular podcast before we sort of branched off into our separate branches. Well, no, that I was I was a detractor of Kyler Murray because you know because of his size and because of his weight, especially. But kind of, I kind of I'm not too bothered about that at the moment now because I know that NFL teams aren't bothered about it. So, me as somebody who watches players and kind of evaluates people, I, I shouldn't be bothered about it if NFL teams aren't bothered about it. Anyway, like I said, we were doing our prep, our, our prep, and I just I just hadn't really watched any of Mason Fine to be honest with you. You know, he's a small school guy. Um, and you know you're just reading a little bit of buzz so you think I might as well check him out first game I watched was Arkansas you know SEC team this is a Conference USA team against the SEC and I'm thinking surely yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah. Arkansas is going to take care of it even though you know as you know Arkansas aren't the best in the SEC or anything anything close to it 
But me, but my God, the Mean Green, <laughs> North Texas Mean Green, absolutely shredded them with Mason Fine at quarterback. And um, you know, we're talking about re- receivers that aren't that talented, and Mason Fine it makes them look good. I think one thing, you know, then after that, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking at his sort of history yeah. and things like that. And statistically, each year he's he's kind of grown, dropping from 15 interceptions in 2017 to five last year. That's a yeah. standout stat. That shows that you, you know, taking a huge leap in ball security and ball placement, you become more accurate. You're making better decisions. So yeah, it, I mean, like I said, he's he's getting better and better as time goes on, and I I kind of wish that he played for a better school because you know this is a group of five guy, um, and because of the level of his yeah, teammates, yeah. sometimes I think he throws perfectly good passes or perfectly fine passes, we might say, and his guys just drop the ball and they're not sort of at his level, I don't think. So I just need to see him in a better program. I want to see sort of I want to see him just basically take apart the conference USA and and just be really stand out and I want him to sort of yeah. the rankings and, and become into sort of the national spotlight because like I say it doesn't really mean anything that he's that small anymore when the springs roll around and he's sort of preparing for the draft perhaps he can just eat some pizza and, and put that dirty bulk on <laughs> <laughs> exactly no yeah I mean I completely agree with everything you've said I've completely been sleeping on him until uh it was mentioned uh, over the weekend um I mean, and he's he's just again come off one of the best seasons for a QB in the the program history. Obviously, mm-hmm. like yourself, I've been do- digging and doing uh, doing some research. In 2017, he threw for 4,052 yards and 31 touchdowns, smashing um, both of the previous uh, UNT records. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think I think part of the part of like what we I've identified anyway as to why he's not ended up at a bigger school is was simply, I mean, he played. He played at a small town, uh, sort of high school. Um, I mean, he smashed records there. He threw for 13,081 yards and 166 touchdowns during his high school career, um, w- which were ranked eighth uh, and tied for fifth, respectively, nationally when he graduated. Um, and But I, again, I think his size was probably the reason that, that no one came um, no one came looking. Um and again, I also just love I love the, I love the little story behind his um, his start and how and how he beca- how he got the top job. Uh, I was reading that um, he wasn't expected to start in 2016. Um, UNT actually brought in um, Alabama transfer Alec Morris, um, mm-hmm. and uh, he started the season opener against SMU. Um, and UNT were down late, um, and the head coach approached Fine on the sideline and said if, if he was ready to go. And he said, look, if, if you do, this is going to burn your red shirt. Yeah, if you go into the game. And he said, mm-hmm. yeah, fine, I want it, I'm ready to go. And uh, he, 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 led, he, he, uh, he led an 11-play, 80-yard touchdown drive late in the fourth quarter. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, this, this guy's just, yeah, I, re- I, really, I really like what he's about. I was reading into it that no matter sort of what success he had, he, he wanted to finish his, his degree. He was always going to play in his senior year. And um, yeah, really, really, again, like you, wish he was playing at a different school perhaps, but really looking forward to actually paying, paying close attention to him this year and see, seeing what he does. Yeah, for sure. And that's a really good story. It sort of speaks to his character quite a lot. And the sort of little things that I've been, been sort of reading about him, you know, because obviously when you're sort of watching a player on the field is only a certain percentage of, of sort of what the what the sort of overall makeup of the player is and you've got to kind of learn a bit about their backstory and like you say he came from a small school wasn't really recruited as a two-star and I think sometimes I'll just go off on a bit of tangent sometimes the the players just slip through the net you know we talked about Justin Herbert on the last podcast and yeah. he he wasn't highly recruited at all and now he's like QB1 for me and he's going to be one of the better QBs in, in college football and he only had uh, offers from Montana and Nevada I think 
out of high school until you know Oregon came in. And I think there is, is a fact that obviously Justin Herbert's from Eugene, which is where the University of Oregon is. And I think if, if without that sort of connection, I don't think he would have got that offer. Um, and you know, and he would have slipped through the net as well. And I think Mason Fine maybe is a little bit like that. Uh, but yeah, all, all about his character. Um, he takes the weight room very seriously. He's sort of mature beyond his years. Is what I've what I've been reading a lot of. Very confident, well spoken, just sort of a, a, a professional on and off the field. No off field concerns. And um, yeah, I read something about he wants to be involved in politics, and uh, he's part Cherokee, uh, Native American. So he kind of wants yeah, to be involved yeah, with with their, yeah, with their with their. Um, sort of tribe, I guess. I don't know if that's the correct word or whether I've just sort of put my foot in it with yeah. that. But um, yeah, he wants to sort of be involved no, in that. No, obviously, as you're right. a sort of young 20-something-year-old, uh, I don't know his exact age, but I guess you know to have those aspirations beyond football is shows his maturity. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can sort of do on and off the field as well. Because even if, you know, Mason Fines comes from North Texas, um, he's probably not going to be in first-round contention no matter what because people are going to level, you know, sort of level the competition at him and, and you can only go so far, maybe, unless you do absolutely tear things up. So, you know, mid-rounds, I think, for next summer, um, sorry, next spring for the draft in Vegas, I think, you know, mid-rounds, someone's going to get a bargain, I would say. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, completely agree with all of that. Yeah, he's a uh, he's, he's uh, bright lad. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I just want to piggyback uh, off the sort of small school sort of train that we're going on. And just mentioned Jordan Love as well out of Utah State. Uh, he's six foot four, two twenty, so an ideal sort of height and weight. I think he's possibly the best group of five quarterback in college football I really like his arm and his ball placement um, I don't think he's got the biggest arm and he's got um, you know he's, but he's got plenty of velocity and I think his completion percentage again like Mason Fine is going up and up and up and all his other stats are going up and up and up and he's got shown a lot of improvement and I think he does stand a chance because Utah State is obviously a little bit more of a higher standing playing in the Mountain West than, uh, than North Texas um, and I really like his athleticism as well, so just wanted to sort of have a little, sort of a little mention of uh, Jordan Love. I'm not sure how much you have seen of him, Tom, though. Have you? Uh, no, not loads. But I mean, I'm, I I could be completely wrong here. But did they not meet each other in in a bowl game last year? I yeah, let's look that up. I have no idea. I'll just I'll just I con- think yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll just continue to talk yeah, about yeah, Jordan Love. Yeah, 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 there's yeah, there's yeah. just one little thing that stands out um, for Jordan Love is that he's got this kind of sort of over-the-top kind of loopy delivery. It's kind of a bit kooky. It's quite compact and smooth. It's not like Cole McDonald where he has this sort of overarm delivery where it's kind of like really long and elongated. But I do wonder with John Love sometimes that his sort of trajectory of his passes sometimes looks a little bit lofted and would be better served being like a little bit flatter. So maybe he'll have to work on some some sort of mechanical issues with that. Um, but no, it's really like John Love. I don't think it affects him too much. He's, like I say, his accuracy has been going up and and uh, then it seems to be on the, on the up for him as well. So yeah, definitely a lot of upside with him as well. I was smaller school as well how are we doing without googling yeah yeah they did new mexico bowl last year and they've uh, utah state played north texas which is uh, quite funny that we've gone from one onto the other so that is quite funny i had no <laughs> idea because I, I i've just completely that's completely slipped my mind then if that's uh if that is the case i've, I've maybe didn't take a yeah, notice no, it's quite obviously quite one of the smaller ones <laughs> yeah definitely 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 but yeah yeah no i just thought uh one but no one definitely might have to find the find the tape on that one yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, Utah State—they dispatched it. It was fifty-two thirteen, so I don't think it was a, a particularly close game. But yeah, it would be good to see um, how they both went. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's take it back to sort of the bigger sort of uh, the bigger schools now, and let's talk about Sam Ellinger out of Texas, six foot three, two thirty, moving into his junior year. Obviously, Thomas and I sort of did a Joe's out article on Sam Ellinger. Uh, so obviously, my uh, my thoughts are sort of there on paper, <laughs> so to speak. So if you've not seen that, obviously go over to Full Ten Yards in the college section, and you'll be able to see how we sort of put both of our points across. 
Uh, Thomas took that one. We put it out to a vote, and he took that one. Um, just by one vote, I think. Uh, so yeah, obviously, you know, go over there, make your mind up, and and give us a tweet and see who, uh, you know, who sort of won that one in your mind. Just wanted to bring you in on on. You know, I, I'm not going to sort of speak too much about him. I've I'm just I'm just going to rehash my old points, I guess. But what do you reckon of Sam Ellinger? Well, yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm I'm, I'm not on the fence. I, I think I'd go more with Thomas and think that he, he is a good player as opposed to not. Um, I mean, again, a couple of ones that just stood out leading uh, leading the Russian touchdowns for quarterback last year was 16, which was quite impressive. Um, I mean, only having two the year before, which um, which 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 is kind of a huge jump actually. Uh, maybe it speaks more for the Texas offense than anything else. But um, yeah, I mean, he's been named in the um, All Big 12 selection uh, as voted for by those in the media that cover that league. Um, he's obviously quite a big guy, um, so yeah, I, mean, I think he's got potential. I think I think Texas looked pretty good last year. Um, I haven't actually paid too much attention as to what their schedule is looking like this year. Uh, are they are they are they fancying a run at something this year, or is it or is it not very likely? Yeah, no, I did my Big Twelve preview for Full Ten Yards, and um, yeah, I I kind of like Texas this year. I think they, I think they'll be the second best team um, in the Big Twelve. Uh, obviously, there's no sort of east and west or no other sort of divisions or anything like that. It's just a straight up. Um, it's kind of misleading, as I said in the article. It's kind of 10 teams and not 12. Uh, but without getting into the intricacies of that. Um, yeah, I think Oklahoma, I think, will be the best team. As we mentioned with Jalen Hurts, I think they're going to be really, really good. And I think I had Texas down as the second team. I think I've got them losing two games, if I remember correctly, without pulling up the article. They play LSU in the second, for their second game. They've got which LSU, I think yeah, I was going to say. So it's a pretty, tough, a pretty tough one, even though it is in Texas. But I think LSU, obviously, coming from the SEC, and they're just a very, very good team. And obviously they'll have to play Oklahoma and I have Oklahoma. I was going to say, especially with your, yeah, and especially with your man uh, Grant Delpit. Yes, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think he'll um, he'll be licking his lips like, coming over the middle, um, <laughs> looking towards Colin Johnson <laughs> when he's going for those long bombs and uh, and maybe showing off his range a little bit. And then yeah, we've got Oklahoma obviously on the schedule as well because obviously the Big Twelve just all play each other every year. So obviously you've got Oklahoma. Although again, they they do host them in Texas for the Red River rivalry, but I do think Oklahoma will take that because I have got a big call um, on the well on Oklahoma season. I think they'll go undefeated actually. So um, yeah, I think we we might have covered that in the last podcast with uh, Jalen Hurts and whatever I mentioned that, so I might be repeating myself. But yeah, I think Oklahoma pretty big. I think Texas will be the second team. Um, I'd like just on Ellinger just before we circle back. Um, I do think he's good. I I just think he's fun. I I'm not sure how far good goes. I think he's a fun quarterback. I think he's definitely got a lot of room to grow because obviously he's just only just played his sophomore season. He's got at least one more year. Uh, but I just think he just needs to just. I, th- I mean, I, I sort of gone through this. He needs to sort of pick up on the mental side of the game a little bit more. He's obviously got all the physical tools because you don't rush that many touchdowns, and he's kind of that battering ram, isn't he? He's a sort of that short yardage kind of fullback, uh, quarterback hybrid kind of thing in some situations, especially on the goal line, which is where he gets a lot of his touchdowns. Um, and yeah, I think he's, I think he's, he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of good traits and good points about him, but I just don't know if he's all there yet. I think a lot of his good things are ancillary to being a quarterback. But I think that's my biggest sort of gripe with him. Uh, okay, just a couple more guys to go. I'm just going to talk about one guy out of the SEC and maybe you'll be able to talk about uh, the team as a whole um, and tell me more about them. Uh, I'm going to talk about Jarrett Garantano out of Tennessee. He's six foot four, two 209, so a little bit on the wider side. Uh, I think he's quite a good sort of pocket passer, pro-style sort of player. I think he's got all the tools to succeed, although he's not there all yet. Um, he's got a quick compact release, good arm strength, generally good ball placement, and he's sort of fearless in the pocket to a... To a 
fault almost, I would say. He just stands and delivers so much and takes some right wax under the chin strap. Uh, so obviously with that, he needs to work on his, fo- his footwork and learn to sort of slide away him and minimise the pressure in the pocket and the, the hits that he takes. I think it all boils down to experience and consistency, but I think he's got all the tools. Um, I don't know how high you are on the Vols this year, but I think he's kind of one to watch. And again, like we mentioned, the sort of for when I was talking about Arizona last time, for the teams that aren't going to make it into the sort of last stages of the tournament and make it to the final, final four, it's kind of about your sort of senior players progressing and, and being better. So I, I kind of wanted to see where you sort of had Tennessee. Yeah, I mentioned them in the SEC uh, preview that I did, which again you can go over to the full ten yards and check out in the uh, in the college section. But they're just they're just the the one team that are just driving me mad this season. Um, I mean, <laughs> they're obviously going to hope to be improved, um, and people some people have them down as like a surprise package potential sleeper. But they're moving into the second year under Jeremy Pruitt, um, and they're obviously going to want to improve on that um, five and seven record from last year. But then again, I mean. You look; they they could easily lose to Florida, Georgia, Alabama. Um, I I I personally have Missouri as a good, as, as a great team this year. So I mean, there's there's four losses potentially there. Um, but then again, they I mean they beat Auburn last year. They beat an informed Kentucky last season. Um, they've learned in a top quality recruiting class. I think I think ranking tenth in the nation. Um, and yeah, I mean they've stolen Henry Toto from uh, Alabama. Um, and 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 they they've, they've got Wanya uh, Morris and Darnell Wright who are both five star uh, offensive tackles as well. So I mean, they're just yeah. I, I'd I'd be lying if I, I I don't like to sit on the fence. I'd like to try and give a take, but Tennessee just uh, uh, are, <laughs> are a headache this year. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'd agree with that. To be fair. Like you say, got a lot of talented players. Um, who's the is he guard tackle Trey something Trey. Who am I thinking of? Trey something oh, on their offensive uh, line. Yeah, he, he, I think he's quite talented. Isn't he? I've seen quite a lot of written written about him in the the past few months as I was building up towards the the new season. But I mean, I think a few of those teams that you mentioned in the SEC um, kind of lost a lot of talent. Kentucky, especially, you know, we've losing Josh Allen and a few other guys, Benny Snell. You know, they they're obviously potentially going to drop down yeah. and, and allow Tennessee yeah. to sort of rise up with a, with a win against them and a win against uh, a few other teams. So I think yeah, one to one to watch for sure. No, yeah, they're going to be fun, I think. <laughs> the old Vols down in Tennessee. I mean, yeah, the SEC is just fun every week, isn't it, really, with the, the sort of high-quality matchups that you get? Yeah, I mean, I've got to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for this season. I'm really looking forward to I was going to, to say, you must be really matches. looking forward to, to covering it. Okay, we'll move on to our uh, our final quarterback, actually. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Ian Book. And I'm just going to, again, I've got, I've got Grizzly's comments, I've got Trevor's comments. He's a Notre Dame fan, um, which he'll mention when he gets on the podcast. Uh, when we can get him on, um, but he, I'm just going to read out his comments and then we'll sort of talk about a little bit of that. He comes, he comes in hot with this. It's a little bit like when I was talking about um, about Jalen Hurts. Actually, he comes in a little bit hot with this one. Listen to this. Ian Book at his best could be the next Steve Young. Wow, what do we think of that one straight away? <laughs> uh, he has all the intangibles to lead Notre Dame squad <laughs> to the playoffs. Uh, it's just a little small. Doesn't have the arm power of elite prospects. Uh, he's quick enough to make moves with his feet, though. Um, so yeah, no, he's obviously quite high on Ian Book, and um, and you know after going undefeated for Notre Dame last year, I think you've got sort of reason to get excited, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, I do. I mean, I think he's he's very efficient last season, sixty percent passing rate. I mean, he's he's clearly smart with the football. 
Um, I'm not entirely sure how Notre Dame will go this year. Um, I'm sure Grizz will probably uh, fill me in on all the on, on all the details. But um, I think, I mean, obviously, as soon as they played Clemson last year, they got found out. And I know everyone will say Clemson dispatched Alabama, but I mean, mm. I think uh, Oklahoma would have would have done the same to Notre Dame as would Alabama. Um, I just don't think that their their, their schedule really was mm. tested enough. And I, I've fair play, unbeaten record. That I mean, I'm, I'm not against them getting into the uh, playoffs at all. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to. It. I think they've got I think they've got Georgia in week three, so um, it'll be yeah, interesting to see. It might be three or four. Yeah, this yeah, they've got slightly tougher. They've got some tough games this year, and uh, I I mean personally, I don't think. And again, that's my bias coming through. I don't think uh, I don't think they'll have a chance against from Georgia. But no, I'd be <laughs> interested to see it. And yeah, I mean, I don't I don't hate Book. I think again, he as I said about sound like a broken record. He six eight percent passing rate. He's smart with the football. He did a great job last year. Obviously, they were very impressive last year, and, and fair play to them for getting to the. Uh, to the playoff, uh, college football playoffs, but um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not really, not really. Yeah, sure. he, he's not. Um, even though Notre Dame went uh, undefeated last year, he's not someone I took a great deal of notice. And I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. So I need to sort of swat up on him uh, through the coming year. And obviously, we've got we've got Trevor to be uh, a sort of good reference for us. But I'm just looking at their schedule. I think I went through this with with Rob. Obviously, he's a Notre Dame fan. I think I have them losing a couple of games. I think I have them losing against Georgia in week three, and then I have them losing the last game against Stanford because obviously it's a Pac-12 team, so I'm going to stick up for them. But no, I think Stanford are pretty good. Okay. I think they're going to be quite good yeah. this year. I think <laughs> yeah. you know, not someone we're going to mention, but uh, possibly someone that we could have. KJ Costello is going to be relatively decent. I'm not sure how far I'm going to go with that again. Um, and yeah, he could lead Stanford to a pretty decent win over there. Well, I don't know. It's kind of a rivalry, isn't it? Nate Notre Dame, obviously, an independent school, but they do have this sort of uh, traditional game against Stanford. Um, but yeah, no, I think, uh, I think that's going to be a, a real good one uh, at the end of November. So um, obviously we, we've uh, sort of reached the end uh, of our sort of scheduled ones. Is there anyone else that you kind of want to want to chuck in? You tried to chuck in Justin Fields last time. Obviously this is the end of the second podcast. So is there anyone that you want to kind of mention this time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just notable mention. I won't go too deep. I'm, I mean, I'm not. I didn't really prep too much for for, for the uh, for the pod. But I mean, <laughs> Kelly Bryant. I mean, I. I personally, mm-hmm. as I said, have uh, in, my, in my SEC preview, they're, they're my sleeper pick, um, and Missouri. That is, sorry, um, and I, I think they could, they could go as far as, I mean, more likely maybe seven and one, but I think they could be eight and zero oh when it comes to playing Georgia and Florida. Um, they're not bowl eligible. Um, a lot of teams came in for players for them. Um, not only did they remain, but they obviously managed to gain Kelly Bryant, and he's coming home. Um, I, there's, there's just. I, I think it's his team already. I've seen a little bit of footage from behind the scenes, and again, I know, um, I know, obviously, it, no one's going to put any content out that doesn't look positive. But I really like Coach Odom, and um, yeah, I think they may upset the Apricot this season. I, 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 I think Kelly Bryant one to watch. Um, obviously, it's his final season. He's want to. He's going to want to go to the NFL. He. Let's be honest. If Trevor Lawrence wasn't. Trevor Lawrence, then he'd have probably been mm-hmm. at Clemson last yeah, yeah. year, and who knows, he could have led them to just as just as good a season. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely one to watch for me would be uh, Kelly Bryant as well. Yeah, it? for sure. No, it's a nice shout. Um, yeah, I read that uh, SEC preview that you put out, and yeah, I noted that you sort of quite high on him. So I kind of had a, an inkling that you were going to mention Kelly Bryant in in that when I sort of put that one out there. Um, but yeah, no, one to watch for sure. And Kelly Bryant, like you say, is kind of in the last chance saloon in terms of his eligibility. So he's got to perform and, and got to got to do it. And, you know, he's in the SEC now. So yeah, he's going to be up against good competition all the time and, and trying to lead his team, like you say, back home to uh, to glory, I guess, you know, to, to a surprising standing in, in the SEC. Yeah, most definitely. 
Yeah, and as you say, like I mean, he's going to be up against SEC uh, competition most weeks, and uh, if he performs, then it could do do a lot for mm. his stock. Yeah, no, for sure, definitely, and obviously someone who's on the radar as as, as sort of a former Clemson QB as well. So yeah, definitely going to be sort of uh, in the hearts and minds of a lot of sort of media and teams and things like that throughout the season. So yeah, definitely going to be on the radar for sure. Okay, awesome. That kind of wraps up again uh, the podcast. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. And thanks to you, Tom, for coming on over the last couple of couple of episodes. It's been really good company. Get, getting some good takes out. Getting some good uh, good takes from you for sure. Um, no problem at all. Yeah, yeah. Been, been great to join. Looking forward to carrying on this season. And um, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, definitely. We'll, uh, we'll obviously get you on quite frequently throughout the season, but obviously just going to shout out to everyone to give this man a follow and uh, and read his articles. I think he's a really talented writer, and that's why we've brought him on board. Thank you very much. Yeah, the 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 the, the Boz blogs. If you search on Twitter, but it's uh, at blogs Boz. Um, yeah, would appreciate yes. the follow and uh, yeah, fantastic. Absolutely, definitely. His follow account to come up after starting that new account just for us. So yeah, obviously next week we'll be we'll be back with another podcast. We'll kind of be previewing the season as a whole, looking out for some games that we'll be earmarking to sort of look forward to throughout the throughout the whole schedule, throughout the whole season, just token on the calendar. And uh, yeah, we'll be we finishing off our college conference previews as well in article format and maybe a couple more articles as well for you all. Uh, so yeah, we'll be running through all that next week. So like I said uh, last time, um, Fulton Yards is a place to be for college football. Fulton Yards CFB is the Twitter handle. So hit subscribe hit follow on your social media and wherever you get your podcast too so yeah thanks for listening uh we'll have a uh, goodbye from tom goodbye from me <laughs> and goodbye from me too so yeah we'll see you on the other side everyone thank you very much yeah take care speak soon thanks for listening to the podcast for all your football needs check out our website full10yards.com or follow us on twitter at full10yards cfb and remember Keep those eyes peeled.